Welcome to the third episode of All Things Crypto, an Elk Finance podcast. I'm Fareed. And I'm Shiloh, also known as LT Snake Pliskin. So keep in mind, we're not financial advisors. This is not financial advice. And uh, yeah, if you're looking for financial advice, please look elsewhere and find a licensed advisor in your area. Our mission in this Elk Finance podcast is to provide resources to people who are interested in crypto. Yeah, so that resource today is talking about farming in terms of DeFi, as in decentralized finance. So first, you might want to know a little bit about liquidity pools. And uh, we talked about that in our last episode. So I'd, I'd welcome you to go back and check that out if you don't really know a lot about liquidity pools, because we're going to be referencing that here and there. So it, oh, equally important is if, if we get something wrong, let us know. Right. We, we want your feedback. We're here to learn, share ideas. And uh, yeah, we want you to share that feedback on our Telegram. I'm Tell- always right. He's he's never wrong. Okay. Um, but in case we are, uh, share that feedback with us at t.me slash elk underscore finance. That's going to be linked in the description as well and is a link directly to our Telegram. And uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get started. Yeah, I'm very excited. Actually, this is my favorite topic. You know, because mm-hmm. since I was introduced to crypto, I just love this concept, you know, because I'm coming from a really kind of a traditional uh, uh, investment side, looking at shares and stocks and all this stuff. And I didn't know that with just sitting on your bum, you can just make so much money. Yeah. So let's just start. Uh, the first question is, what is farming? So what is farming? So farming isn't the traditional, I'm going to go plant a crop and harvest it in midsummer no uh farming in terms of decentralized finance is basically staking meaning let's go back here um putting up your liquidity like we talked in the last episode equal amounts of uh, two tokens in order for people to to buy and sell from those pools now I remember last time I talked about when we 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 have those uh, those tokens in our pool, we get almost like a picture it like a receipt uh, from those pools, and that's mm-hmm. what we call LP tokens. Now these liquidity pool tokens LP, um, these tokens represent how much uh, liquidity, m- m- meaning two tokens and their amounts how much is present in a pool for people to buy and sell from now that receipt those lp tokens now again we take those lp tokens that receipt if you will and we actually put it into what's called a farm now what a farm does is it's it's a function of a smart contract so you you put it in there and what happens is you earn tokens based on how much LP your LP tokens, how many LP tokens you have in the farm proportional to everyone else. Now, a farm will have a certain amount, let's say per day that it emits, right? So let's say I put into, uh, for ease of math, a farm that has an output of 10 elk a day. Mm -hmm. And let's say there are five people in this farm okay right so let's say i 
have fifty mm, percent of the liquidity. I'm a huge whale in that that farm, uh, and the other five people make up the other fifty percent um, equivalent to me of of LP tokens. So that would mean if the output of that farm is 10 a day total, 10 elk a day total, this means I would get five of it because I am providing that much uh, liquidity and I've taken those liquidity tokens and put them in the farm. If you don't put those liquidity pool tokens in the farm, you don't get anything past the normal fees that you would normally get uh, from just providing liquidity, which were ge are generally smaller, but some projects, they are quite large. Um, but but in in uh, the example of elk, they're they're a lot smaller. So um, it's it's kind of like almost staking a stake, right? Because you're staking your LP tokens almost. You're you're putting them up, letting people borrow from them. You're earning interest on that, and then you're taking that receipt, those LP tokens, and you're putting them in another farm that generates tokens. If that makes sense. You know what? It's it's really complicated. You know because uh, when you're looking at it, it's just like so how does how does that work? How do you do? How do you how do you do it? You know. Yeah, yeah, and that's tricky because so the first thing you have to do right is go way back. If you just have two tokens, I have fifty dollars of USDC and fifty dollars worth uh, of Elk. So USDC being a stablecoin, Elk is Elk. So um, let's say you have fifty dollars worth of them both, not okay. fifty fifty number wise. I'm talking in value whatever they are at the current market price then you take those two tokens and you put them in the pool and they've they you put them in this case in the elk pool the liquidity pool and you have to put them in equal amount it'll only let you do it in equal amounts so you submit you approve that transaction it goes through and you're providing liquidity then in your wallet will appear these what's called like i said lp tokens and in this case it'd be elp elk liquidity pool tokens and then you'll see that elp show up in in your wallet if you'd look for it on the relevant explorer mm -hmm. so the, the explorer being the thing that uh, you can see all the transactions on the blockchain right so you can check your wallet you can you can note them there generally you don't have to it's okay um but then you go to the farming page and then you would look for that specific farm. So if I provided USDC and elk liquidity, um, I would actually have to look for the elk USDC farm because it's only gonna accept those LP tokens, that specific receipt for those two tokens, nothing else. Okay. Right? So we have to find that relevant one. Um, and each receipt, each LP token is different and they're gonna be different amounts and sometimes they're really weird amounts, depending on the coin. It doesn't matter uh, what the amount is. What matters is how much it's worth. Okay. Right? Yeah. So then you're going to take that and you're going to put that in the farming pool. And if you're the only one in the farming pool, well, heck, if you're first one in, you get the whole shebang because you're the only one in there. I love that. You know, because one time I remember we did that and I was just like, I hope he's no, nobody's going to get to the farm because we are just like killing it. Yeah, it's true. And then like 10 minutes later, it's like you're, you're yeah. like down by half. I was so happy for 10 minutes. That's the only thing counts. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of how you do it. You put it in the pool, uh, your, your two tokens in equal amounts, put them in the pool and then take those that receipt, those LP tokens, and you put them in that specific farm. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So what def how do you how do you define the duration of these farmings? How long do they last? So different places uh, have different uh, kind of metrics for how long farming lasts. For elk, for example, it lasts 42 days. So each round, if you will, lasts 42 days. So the current farms, as they are, last 42 days. And they're just kind of, that's what they are. There's no changes. That's what we've agreed to. And they last 42 days. So you can farm in that farm for 42 days. Now, after that farming round ends with elk for example we have a new farming round so we might have found some new projects to partner with or some new protocols we find interesting so we might acquire some of uh you know set up some incentive for some of their token and our token so you can provide liquidity for those and then put those lp tokens in the farm as well so can this go forever yeah well i mean theoretically yes but there's some really important caveats there. So generally with most uh, projects, including Elk, there's a bunch of tokens that have yet to be released. Okay. Right? So in case of Elk, there is, you know, thereabouts, um, you know, 50% uh, of tokens allocated for farming reasons. 25% uh, for, you know, pure four years of farming and the other 25% is allocated for something called impermanent loss protection, which I brought up before, which, which we will get into a little bit, but again, merits its own episode. Mm -hmm. Um, so we have these unreleased tokens, actually these unreleased tokens, this 25% of all, the, uh, the, the unreleased elk is actually allocated to these farms. So that's what's being, it's not just being minted out of thin air for no reason. That was my question here, because mm -hmm. how did, does the, uh... I don't know. How does that, that allocation happen? I mean, mm -hmm. who's deciding? Oh, 25%. <laughs> no, just screw it. That's just to 40%. Yeah. Yeah, it's right. So what it's doing is it's rewarding early investors. Like um, us. Like Yay! us. We're rewarding us for investing in the project and continuing to provide liquidity. Um, so it's, it's kind of a fair way of, of, you know, rewarding those who who are who are here now and kind of can make you a tidy profit. Um, so is, does this mean that I have to always look for these uh, tokens, which they have the farming in early stage of uh, deployment of the tokens? Not necessarily. Um, sometimes, like a lot of the times, like if you look at, uh, I'll bring up Cake as an example on Pancake Swap. They uh, cake works a lot differently than elk. It's it's inflationary. Um, there's always more created. Um, so the system is completely different than than us with with our set supply of forty two million or so. Um, but with cake, for example, um, you can you could stake on their decks. Cake has been out forever, and you you know you can earn APRs of you know a hundred percent or so or 180 percent pretty regularly you can see those come up for specific pairs uh, but i mean there's always a risk of impermanent loss right mm -hmm. if one of the tokens in the pool goes up or down um you know up as opposed to the other then you're going to get more of the token that's worth less um you're still going to get more overall if they go up or less overall if they go down but it, you would take a greater um you would take a greater loss, um, you know, if you 
if you held them um if you have them in the pool than if you had them separately that is that is another thing which i want to just highlight you know because uh, uh guys this is like the numbers we were talking about like 100 percent per year is just these numbers are massive yeah in the context of i don't know for instance when you're looking at s p 500 in uh, last 10 years the average return was has been around 9.2 percent yeah so you're talking about one order of magnitude two order <laughs> magnitude more depends on what you're buying so keep, keep that in mind yeah it's it's for a traditional investor it's it's kind of mind-blowing right when it you... is i'm just like when uh, somebody told me that it's 100 percent it's like <laughs> why am i not doing this yesterday <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and the funny thing is, going back to unreleased tokens, uh, unreleased tokens isn't the only way um, that places can support a farm. Um, you can also um, buy back tokens uh, as a project. You know what? You could even buy anybody's tokens, and you could reward them in a farm. There's no, there's no written rule that it has to be your own token. It could be any token. Um, if Elk wanted to, you know, reward holders and we got really big and we're at a point where we released all our tokens, projects uh, sometimes do a buyback and then redistribute that uh, to farmers. They'll buy when it's cheap, hold it till it's more expensive and then announce a promotion to further boost the price. And yeah, this is a very similar concept to the typical share buyback when uh, the companies, they realize that their share is too cheap for what it is and they start basically buying it. And either, as Charlie said, they're going to burn it or they're just basically release it later. But I never understood the concept of burning a token because <laughs> I always hear people talking about, oh, yeah, this is a finite number and this is the maximum number of tokens is going to be out there. And just like now you're saying that it burns it. It's just like, what the heck? Yeah. Because so like, what does that mean? So you picture grabbing tokens physically with your hand and setting them on fire, right? Yeah, that's pretty much what I had in my mind. I just like throwing it, into, I don't know, into the toilet and just like flush it and just like gone. <laughs> thing is not existing anymore. That's true. Yeah. So, and that's kind of the picture it conjures, right? Um, so basically what, what burning is, it's really simple. The good news is anyone can burn tokens if they want to. The only thing you've got to do is simply send those tokens to the burn address, which usually starts with OX, has a bunch of zeros uh, on the end, right? So you can find the burn address for anything. Um, some of them even have the word dead on the end, D-E-A-D, -E for the last four letters of the, uh, uh, of the address. Very creative. But regardless, um, the zeros are, you know, really for show um chances are it's just it's just a basically a wallet that nobody has access to hmm. that's what it is once they're there it's there it's gone no one can touch it um it's uh it's just vanished because uh you know you're, you you don't exactly have a seed phrase for the uh for the burn burn wallet and uh, in order to uh and that's that's already been assigned at the, at the genesis of the blockchain. So, so if I change my mind, it's just like you're it's, done. Oh man, yeah, it's yeah. over. So d don't send anything to the burn address uh, if if you know you're not a developer. Um, you know, but some people just want to watch the world burn. So if that's your thing, go for it. Oh. I said fire. <laughs> to my tokens <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah no it is it is really interesting concept but you know what it's just like i really 
I really, I'm really amazed by similarities between a traditional yeah. uh, investment and the yeah. contracts and small contracts we have in a, a crypto world. The other thing, Shiloh, which has been very interesting for me, and people always talk about it, is staking and farming. Yeah. And uh, it's a little bit embarrassing, but I don't know what the difference is. Yeah. So um, all farming is staking, but not all staking is farming. Oh, smart. oh right. Um, so in when I'm when you're farming, you are uh, basically staking the, that receipt. Remember those LP tokens in a farm. So you're staking just means you are almost betting them, right? In the traditional sense, you're 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 lending them and investing. Although with farming itself, there's zero risk as long as it's a reputable project, right? They're, unless they can run away with your tokens, right? Um, because the the value of your your LP changes, so it's the liquidity providing that's the risk. Um, but when you stake it in the farm, I mean you're already in the liquidity pool, so you know you might as well do something with that, right? And make profit. So that's what farming is very specific: is taking LP tokens and and staking them and putting them up in a farm in a smart contract that rewards you. Now staking, like I said, is 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 kind of uh, holding and uh, putting anything into a smart contract. So staking, you can have single stake, uh, multi-stake. You you can have, um, you know, any type of staking. You've seen, everyone's familiar, a lot of people in DeFi are familiar with what's called vaults, mm -hmm. where you stake a single token. That's where if Elk were to develop one, let's say, you, you would just uh, stake Elk. Uh, right now, they've got uh, some single staking on polygon.unifarm.co. So for the next 16 days, I think, in this current round at the time of, of recording, um, so probably I'll be only a couple days left when this comes out, um, you can single stake your elk. So you just have elk and you just put it up into the smart contract and you get rewarded in other tokens. Actually, you get rewarded in like elk as well as like four or five other different tokens. Mm -hmm. um, the thing is, the difference here is generally, generally staking isn't as profitable because it, the only value it, it provides is for the for the other investors it, it's showing that most people and a, a great deal of people are how many people are holding your token so they're not selling and when they're not selling the price can't go down so that's that's a positive um but it doesn't really become useful when you're staking that um on a on a in a smart contract nothing's really happening with that token there's no utility unlike farming where you have had to have it in the liquidity pool so people are utilizing your stacks to make trades and borrowing it from like we talked about in the previous episode but staking is just kind of like here you go there's no risk um not as much utility so generally not as good of a reward does that make sense uh, yeah it does but uh, the question is uh when you're talking about a return just trying to put some uh, put that in perspective perspective on a farming i don't know what returns do you get versus uh, staking it really depends on the protocol generally staking single staking assets is generally less rewarding i mean they can still be up there unifarm last i checked was what 90 percent still or 95 percent which garbage yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> where, where some of the elk farming pools are 200 and some percent 
And, oh, okay. And the other factor is risk, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you're you're not exposing yourself to very much risk, other than the token itself going up or down, um, in in terms of staking, right? Yeah. But but farming, you've got to have provided to the liquidity pool, um, so you're you're having that risk of one token skyrocketing or one token going much lower than the other. So you know what the the message is? I was just like. Depends on what your plans are. Yeah. One way or the other works for you. I mean, there's yeah. nothing against, uh, uh, there's nothing against a staking versus farming. No, no. Depends on what you like and what you're holding. Yeah. I, I like farming because I'm a, I'm kind of a nerd and it, it provides more utility and I'm always a sucker for utility. And plus with elk, I mean, you know, you're getting impermanent loss protection through a farm, right? That so. is the thing which I love, you know, because the, you just take care of your downside risk and you take let the upside just take care of itself. It yeah. just like blows yeah. my mind that, <laughs> you know, I'm not taking any risk here. Yeah, other than the like both tokens going down, right? Um, and yeah, so I guess, yeah, that, that brings us to what we were going to talk about next, right? That's right. And that is about the insurance insurance policies to prevent you from losing money. So, and uh, that's, that's one of the harsh lessons with crypto is very rarely are there any insurance policies in place to prevent you from losing money. What? I want to make 150% <laughs> per year forever. Yeah, with no downside, please. No. Um, yeah, just like Mark Cuban wants to regulate decentralized finance. Um, <laughs> I love Mark. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding if you are listening. Um, yeah, he got burnt on iron finance, which was rough. Uh, so I feel uh, he can afford it. Oh yeah, I sure. feel bad for him, but he can <laughs> afford it. Yeah. So there's not actually usually insurance policies in place to prevent you from losing money from any of these. Uh, that's where you got to do your own research. Um, the great thing, again, Elk, I know I've mentioned it like every point here, but in permanent loss protection is something we have, which is is pretty rad. Um, so we we get, you know, if if the tokens do differ, you're compensated for what you would have. Um, you know, what you would have uh, made, um, or what you didn't make if the tokens, you were just holding them independently. So you get kind of compensated for the difference in elk. So why not be providing liquidity, especially if you're holding both those tokens anyway? So. You, you know what, uh, that is a very good point, you know, because as you said, there is no insurance policy in investment, but at the end of the day, again, what is the probability of the uh, drop in the prices and what is the probability of gaining uh, price prices and how much guarantee you get there? And just like it becomes a no-brainer game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you find trustworthy farms? Yeah, so trustworthy farms are, you know, you can look for a few things. There's never like a sure thing, right? You There's always risk in decentralized finance, right? Not regulated. So people can kind of do whatever. And, you know, there's a lot of rugs out there as in, rug pulls where they they run off with your tokens and you never see them again so what we got to do is is some of our own research to find those trustworthy farms is it brand new and uh, is like have you heard of any of the developers if if it's brand new and you haven't heard of anyone um you know those aprs those uh, those rates that you get back might be really high but you're taking a huge risk. So you don't know necessarily if that's legit. Even if you've maybe heard of one of the developers, it, are they actually involved? You know, are they trustworthy, right? We we can look at some of these characteristics, but we can't know for sure. So it's a great, great uh, 
thing to do to reach out to some of uh, some of the others in crypto in these DeFi chats and just ask about it. You know, have you heard of this? Like, is it legitimate? We're going to look for audits like we talked about last time, right? Mm -hmm. Like companies, projects, crypto projects and DeFi will pay for audits where they look at the code and make sure everything is legitimate. And once they're audited, um, it's a good, a better chance, it's more security that they're not going to have some backdoor, some loophole that they're going to take all your money. Not a guarantee, again, because audit companies can miss stuff, right? We've seen it in the past. That's right. Yeah, people out there are very smart. And mm -hmm. There is a hole in a system. They are going to find it. They're going to take it. But you it. know what? It just reminds me of a typical, again, old school uh, penny stocks. Oh, you yeah. know, the gains, the swing uh, gains are massive. The swings are wild. But at the end of the day, every smart investor, as Shiloh said, starts kind of doing some research on it. And the other thing is just like you don't really bet whatever you have on one of these cases. You know? Right. Only only bet what you can afford to lose. Only invest. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, these these are fascinating. And I, I really uh, uh, recommend our listeners to follow up on these farms and staking, you know, because these are fantastic opportunity to get a very, very handsome return with taking minimum risk. Yeah, and especially with elk, right? I mean, but uh, we're, you know, the great thing is if you're you're helping out a DEX, you believe in them, you believe in a project, whatever that project may be, you're providing liquidity, you're helping users tr trade, and, uh, you know, you're helping the DEX become more popular. And, and that's the great part about DeFi that I love so much is everybody coming together like a cooperative, right? And they all, we all are the bank together, right? We all combine and we get our, our share. There's, there's very low operating cost, right? It's the profit comes back to the investors. And that's the part I really love about DeFi. That is that is another really good comment. Yeah, you're right because this is a kind of a community building uh, exercise with a the return. I mean, yeah, what's not this to love? is yeah, this is really amazing. Right. Uh, tricky thing though is if a farm, if their rates are too high, they emit too many. Right. Then people could sell and then it can tank their project. So you got to make make sure you look uh, at how much are they emitting, because if it's a lot, if your APR to begin with is is like something like 50,000%, 5,000%, that's going to crash because people are going to invest huge amounts, they're going to get their 5,000% in a day, five, you know, 500 550,000%, whatever it is, and they're going to sell. Like they're gonna, right? Cuz they're going to double, triple, quadruple, you know, their money within that 24 hours that are in the farm or less and they're going to sell and tank it so just look if you see those huge numbers be skeptical so kind of an old school doing things if yeah. it is too good to be true yeah it probably is yeah it is yeah okay that yeah. is another thing you know because this is another fantastic thing which we are trying to kind of pass to the listeners you know still common sense rules Applies. yeah and you have to just make sure that you are understanding what you're getting into mm -hmm. and you kind of get a feeling for uh what makes sense what doesn't make sense you know yeah and and look for a, a big roadmap right how how long are they what's their plans after this right because uh, if it's a flash in the pan one and done thing your money's at risk they might be a legitimate project but they might handle it poorly 
Um, so just just always be on the lookout for those. Yeah. Um, and and it's funny who who would who would think that uh, you know two hundred percent return is uh, totally reasonable, but <laughs> but it's like yes, that's legitimate. Um, but you know when you get up there, just just be skeptical. But yeah. yeah. And you know what, uh, just uh, again, on a common sense, you have to make sure that, you know, you understand how much you can, how much risk you can tolerate. And maybe, I don't know, one uh, strategy would be, I don't know, taking your, uh, when the returns are good, you can just basically protect yourself with taking your initial uh, uh, money out and just letting the rest of it run. Yep. So uh, it's really, it, it, we are just trying to give you some ideas about uh, what we think is right to do. But at the end of the day, you're the one who has to decide yeah. what works for you absolutely and and that's you know that's completely up to you so yeah we, anyway we uh we thought it was a pretty great great conversation yeah it was yeah. i really learned a lot and uh i think you know what uh this subject is still one of my favorite subjects to talk about <laughs> yeah, and just uh try to acquire about yeah, so I think next time we're, we're going to try to tackle impermanent loss uh, and, and kind of keep promising we're going to do that. So we will get there. But uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us. And uh, please throw your feedback our way again at our telegram, uh, t.me slash elk underscore finance. And you can find me uh, at LT Snake Pliskin. I am an admin in the chat. So if you have uh, feedback, I'll pass that on to Freed as well. Um, I appreciate guys uh, for being with us for another episode and looking forward to seeing you in the next episode. All right. See you then. Thanks.